Let's give our hearts and minds and attention to the man of God this morning. Thank you, Brother Regan. Praise the Lord, everyone. I mean, appreciate what you feel this morning. Praise God. I'm glad I've got something that's real, something that I can feel. Praise God. I was just thinking a moment ago, what an honor it is to be selected. What an honor it is to be selected. The Scripture says many are called, but few are chosen. Hallelujah. It humbles me to think about the 7 billion plus people, or however many there is in this world, that I would be a part of the few that God has chosen. Hallelujah. Don't ever take for granted, don't ever take for granted the wonderful privilege that the God of heaven and earth would hand pick and hand select, hand pick and hand select you into this wonderful family. Would you lift your hand and thank Him right now that He called you and He then chose you. He set you apart. He called you. He chose you. He set you apart for Himself. Oh, we thank You, Father. We thank You, Father. We thank You, Father. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Oh, thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. As a young man growing up, there was some sports that I was fairly decent at and some that I wasn't real good at. Some of you, if you've ever played sports that you wasn't good at, you probably can identify with this feeling of being one of the last that were picked because that was the only thing that was left. <laughs> what I like about living for God is He doesn't just pick us because we're the only thing that's left. Because there's 7 billion plus people in this world. You know why He chose us? Because He saw something in us that He liked. Something He wanted. And thank God He saw not what I was necessarily, but He saw what I could be. He saw not what I was, but He saw what I could be. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to be chosen of the Lord. Appreciate this great opportunity to be here in Olathe. I love and appreciate this good man of God. I think even as the scripture said in concerning Melchizedek as well as Abraham, the less was blessed of the better. And that's exactly, exactly how I feel this weekend. We came to be a blessing, but it has returned in our favor. And I appreciate this good man of God. I really do. I honor him and esteem him very highly. Uh, for his love, his burden, and his good wife. These are wonderful, wonderful people. And I don't have to tell you that. You know that. But I do say from my heart, I appreciate everything they've done. They have treated us so kindly. And brother, you have made this feel like it's at home. I mean that. There's places there's pressure because you feel that there is some restraints. Not that you allow people to restrain you from obeying the Holy Ghost. But I have not felt that restraint here. And I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Thank God for His good touch. Praise the Lord. I'd like to go this morning to the book of Mark. I probably won't be lengthy this morning. I don't have notes here today. But I did bring notes. But I feel to go a different direction. Mark chapter 8. Looking at verses 10 through 13. Mark chapter 8 verses 10 through 13. I want to get honor to my special wife here this morning. My wife is a praying woman, a dedicated, very dedicated. 
And uh, ever since we've been married, any time that I would endeavor to sacrifice for the kingdom of God, my wife has been right there to join me in the sacrifice. And I appreciate her dedication, her walk with God. Praise the Lord. So thankful for my good wife. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 10. And straightway he, concerning Jesus, entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Verse 11 again, And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. The Lord will help me here this morning. I want to preach your response to his approach. Your response to his approach. Can we pray and ask the hand of God to touch us in this service this morning? Thank you, God, for the richness of your presence that we feel in this place today. I thank you for the touch of the Holy Ghost that we have felt, God, in a mighty way. I am praying this morning, God, that you'll let my mouth be your mouth here today. I am praying that you'll grant the burden that you have actually placed upon your minister and upon God, the man of God, the pastor of this church, for this church, God, desiring to see this church grow, desiring to see your people blessed, desiring to see the glory of God. I am praying today, God, that you'll do something out of the ordinary. If there's ever been a time that we've been hungry for a move of the Holy Ghost, we're hungry today. If there's ever a time we felt needy, if there's ever a time we felt that desperation, we feel that desperation today. God, by your grace and by your power, good things are going to happen. Your word said, they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. We've got a promise today. We've got a promise today that you're going to feel us because we're hungry and because we are thirsty. I'm glad to know, God, that you've got a plan. You've got a will and we want to walk therein. In the name of Jesus today. We love you. Would you give Lord a hand praise right now? You can be seated. In Scripture, I've understood by reading through the years of studying and reading, it is no secret that wherever Jesus went, he went with purpose. Wherever Jesus went, he went with purpose. When he spoke, 
He spoke with meaning and he spoke with purpose. I do not believe that the Lord spoke vain words of no meaning and of no purpose. I do not believe where he went. He went without meaning, without intention, and without purpose. What he did, what he said, and where he went, it came with purpose. It came with meaning. It came with an intention. And I look back in the verses of Scripture, looking previously. Let's trace back the steps of Christ back to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, reading several scriptures here this morning. Mark 5 and verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with change, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshipped him. I don't think I have to read the, the rest of this scripture. I don't think I have to explain to you what took place. We all know the story about this man right here in the tombs that cut himself this nude dude with an attitude we found that he came to Jesus he fell at his feet and he worshipped him of course the end of the matter is that he was delivered of the chains of darkness that had him bound and then I look at the chapter at chapter number 6 the next chapter in verse number 54 and when they would come out of the ship the ship being the main means of transportation straightway they knew him and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was and whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch if it would but the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole I look at Jesus approach to Gadara the man came and fell at his feet and worshipped I look here at Genezareth as he began to approach 
their city. I find people running all around saying the healer's in town. The healer is in town and bringing back the needy to where Jesus was. And their response to his approach was one of beseeching. To beseech means to elicit eagerly or to make a strong request. Here they came to him, not tempting him, but rather beseeching him. They came with a prayer request. They came with a hunger. They came with a desperate desire. And it was here where the Bible said as many as touched him were made whole. Chapter 7 and verse 24. Jesus doing business as usual. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it. But he could not be hid. The Bible said he entered into a house and would have no man know it. But he could not be hid. What that scripture actually is saying, if it was left up to Jesus, they wouldn't even know he was there. If it was left up to Christ, they wouldn't have even known that he was there. But the Bible said he could not be hid. Do you know why he could not be hid? It was because there were some witnesses that began to spread abroad that Jesus is right over here in this house. I want to tell you today, if it's, if it's left up to Christ for people to know that he's here, they'll never find out that he's here. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for witnesses. He's looking for witnesses to make him known. He's in the house. He's in the house. He's in the house. We need to let our city know Jesus is in the house. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I know there are some people that live with an attitude. If they want God, they know where to find him. There is some people that live with an attitude. They know where the church is. They know where to find him. But you know what God is letting us know this morning? We need to tell them what he's done for us. We need to tell the world of how good God is. God can deliver you from them drugs. God can deliver you from them cigarettes. God can deliver you from that alcohol. God can deliver you from that pornography. Where can I go to find help? It's at the New Life Pentecostal Church where Jesus is in the house. I said where Jesus is in the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible said in verse 25, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Notice the response to his approach each time that is prerequisite to the miracle that took place. Notice the response before he 
ever performed a miracle. She came and fell at his feet. In verse 26, the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him. There's that word again, besought. She besought him. She elicited eagerly. She made a severe request. She got desperate before the Lord. She besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Jesus Christ began to call this woman a dog. But you know what made the difference? Was her response. I said what made the difference was not what he said, but what she did. What Jesus said was not really the important factor in this particular scripture. But you know what he was looking for? He was looking for a particular response. He was looking at a particular response. As he said, it's not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to you dogs. She looked at him and she said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yet the dog under the table eat of the children's crumbs too many times we make a request known unto God and it seems like God disregards us but you know what he might be looking for what kind of response will you give let it be one like this woman that says yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord her response was one that was positive to the answer of the Savior Hallelujah. It's not me to take the children's bread and to cast it into the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. You know what we would have said? No, Lord. No, Lord. If you're going to be like that, if you're going to be like that, I'm not going to live for you. If you're going to be like that, I ain't going to pray again. If you're going to turn your back on me and just act like I ain't never prayed, I ain't going to ask again and I ain't going to pray again. We have got to be persistent and we've got to be consistent. We've got to realize and understand it's not so much God's response, it's our response to God. It's how we handle what comes our way. It's how we respond to what God brings our way. Hallelujah. I like verse 29. And he said unto her, for this saying, for this saying, for this saying, what did she say? She said, yes, Lord. For this saying, for this saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. In other words, you have just received your petition. Why? Because of your response when I called you a dog. 
you have received your request because when you felt like you was being rejected you didn't give up but you said yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord you know what's best you know the truth you know me just like I am The response to his approach and to his word. The response to his approach was one of humility falling at his feet, beseeching him. And then when he spoke, the response to the word was one of, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know what's best. You know me better than anybody else. And if I am what you say I am, yes, Lord. Because you're telling the truth. I know you know who I am, but I'm not going to quit praying. I'm not going to quit praying. I'm not going to quit asking. I'm not going to leave you just because I haven't got the right response from you yet. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid on the bed. Hallelujah. Victory, deliverance came to that household because a parent refused. A parent refused to walk away when the first prayer request wasn't answered for her child. You've been praying for your children and the devil wants to tell you God don't care about your child. God don't care about your family. God don't care about your companion. And sometimes it seems like that it's a rejection. But I want to tell you, encourage you today, if you can be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm not going to stop making my requests known unto God because I still believe and I know God still answers prayer. Hallelujah. Verse 33. Business as usual. And he took him aside from the multitude. Let's read verse 31. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him. There's that word again. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude. And he put his fingers into his ears. And he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, that is be open and straightway his ears were open and the string of his tongue was loose and he spake plain hallelujah the bible said and he spake plain the fact of the matter is when Jesus came into the coast they did not come tempting him but rather they came beseeching him they did not come tempting him but rather they came praying and reaching 
and making a request known unto him, knowing that God is a prayer answering God. Hallelujah. We know that he knows our need before we pray. We know he knows our need before we ask. Well, why do I have to ask then? He already knows my need. Why do I have to make my request known unto God? By making your request known unto God, it reveals that you know where to get your answer. God already knows your need and God knows he's your answer. But the reason why we've got to pray, we have got to acknowledge where our help comes from. It's no secret to God your problem. It's no secret to God your condition. But what you have got to do is to acknowledge where your help comes from and lift up your voice and pray to the God who can do anything. Hallelujah. And you probably heard this analogy or heard this little session right here. And straightway his ears were open. And the string of his tongue was loose. And he spake plain. Notice he opened his ears. Before he opened his mouth. I said notice he opened his ears. Before he opened his mouth. I said he opened his ears. Before he opened his mouth. I want to tell you if you'll open your ears. And hear a word from God today. And at the conclusion of this service. Open your mouth. God's got an answer. God's got an answer. God's got an answer. For you perhaps today. Hallelujah. Business as usual. Devils being cast out. People that were afflicted on beds. Rising up and walking. The deaf is hearing. The dumb is speaking. Mark 8 and verse 10. Where we initially read. And straightway he entered into a ship. With his disciples. And came into the parts of Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came. Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. Notice when Jesus got to Dalmanutha, he did not come and find the same kind of response that he had previously been receiving. They did not come beseeching. They did not come praying. They did not come asking. They did not come earnest and hungry, but rather they came tempting him. Let me stop and say once again, where he goes, he goes with purpose. And where he goes, he goes with meaning. And he sighed deeply in his spirit. I don't know what a sigh was, but I've got my theory of what kind of sighs they came in. I think when he got to Dalmanutha, 
You see, he's been opening blind eyes. He's been making deaf ears open. He's been making the string of the tongue loose that was dumb. He's been casting out devils. He's been healing all manners of sicknesses and diseases. And when he came to Dalmanutha, and they ran, and they started tempting him, the healer was there, but they came tempting him. When the Bible said he sighed deeply in his spirit, I think he kind of went like this. I think the sigh was disgust. I think it was a sigh of disgust. Not because he didn't want to do anything in their city. Not because there wasn't nobody sick. Not because there wasn't any needs. But because of their response to his approach that brought forth a disgust in the spirit of Christ because he wanted to heal. He wanted to feel. He wanted to deliver. And he wanted to do some great things. Verse 13. And he left them and entering into the ship again departed to the other side. And he left them. As I begin to think about how, where he goes. He goes with purpose. He goes with meaning. Where he goes is not in vain. What he says is not in vain. What he does is not in vain. But Mark 10 through 13, it almost seems irrelevant. It seems like actually it was in vain. It seems like it was in vain. But I want to preach to you that it was not in vain on his part. It was that God made himself available to Dominutha, just like he did Gadara, just like he did Genesareth, just like he did Decapolis, just like he did Tyre and Son. But the response was what caused them to become deprived of the same miracle power that was being manifested throughout these other chapters. Hallelujah. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying how you respond to God's approach has everything to do with what you get from him. I'm saying today, if you're hungry, beseech him today. If you need a miracle, beseech him today. If you need the Holy Ghost, beseech him today. For if you will beseech him, your response will determine what you get. It was not that Dalmanutha didn't have any needy people. It was not that Dalmanutha didn't have anybody sick or lame or even a husband who couldn't hardly afford to feed his family. It was not that Dalmanutha didn't have anybody that was demon-possessed. It was not that Dalmanutha didn't really need God, but it was that God came to their city but could do no mighty works because of how they tempted him and because of their unbelief. I want to tell you, saints of God, if God is going to show his power and show his glory, he has got to have a particular response. He's got to have a group of people that's got arms open wide, who's got an open mind, an open heart, and an open mouth, an open mind, an open heart, and an 
Down beneath it. Miss the day of visitation. Do you know who came tempting him? It was not. It was not those people that knew they were sinners. It was not those individuals that knew that they needed God and they was helpless and hopeless and bound in sin and darkness. But the people that approached him was the religious ones. It was the religious ones. And the sinners in their city was deprived of his salvation because of how the religious people responded when he came to where they were. Saints of God, we are the lifeline to our families and to our cities. And our response will have a whole lot to do with what God does around us. Hallelujah. If God don't work a miracle, it ain't because there's not a need. If God don't feel some ever with the Holy Ghost, it ain't because there's not a need. It could be he hasn't received the right kind of response yet. But when he does, I said when he does, there is no telling what God's going to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, why in the world did you waste your time? You know what he would say? I didn't waste my time. They wasted my time. Jesus would look at them and say, I didn't waste my time going to Dalmanutha, but you didn't heal nobody. I didn't waste my time going to Dalmanutha, but nobody got anything. I didn't waste my time. What do you mean? They wasted my time. What do you mean? I've been healing. I've been delivering. I've been saving. And I just decided I'd go to Dalmanutha. And I made myself available. He said, I just made myself available. I'm not just going to force myself. If you don't know this yet, God is a gentleman. He is a gentleman. And he will not force himself on anybody. But you know what he will do? He will hear the cry of the righteous. His ears are opening to the cry. You know what God will do? He'll open his eyes and open his ears unto the heart that's hungry, unto the soul that is thirsty. Perhaps, perhaps not all the disciples, maybe, but maybe not all the disciples were with him when he went to Dalmanutha. Perhaps he went to Dalmanutha and then he crossed back over and some of the disciples saw him and they've wondered, why is he back so quick? Why has he returned so swiftly? And they come to him. They might have said, well, Tell us a little bit about what took place in Dalmanutha. Jesus might have looked at them and said, let's hear your story. You tell me what you've been seeing. You tell me what you've been seeing. Maybe perhaps they begin to tell about how the devils were subject to him again through his name and how many mighty works were being performed by their hands through his name. And then they said, well, give us, give us a little insight on what's going on down the What kind of revival are they having there? 
he had to look at them with this sad countenance and said, I never healed anybody. I never delivered anybody and that's why I'm back here so quick. I left them because when I got there, the response revealed to me that they didn't want me there. The response showed that they didn't care nothing about my presence being in Dominusa. So I decided I'd go where I'm wanted. I decided I'd go where I'm wanted. You know where God's going to be? He's going to be where he's wanted. You know where you're going to find God? It's when people are hungry when people are thirsty when people want to see his glory my God I feel like somebody's got a hunger here today I feel like there's a hunger in this place today and I want to tell you God has a plan God has a will and he will not turn aside the hungry he will not close his ears to the cry of the righteous Praise God. Oh, can we do that right now? I feel the Holy Ghost in this place this morning. My God, if I've ever been hungry, I'm hungry for a move of God. If my soul has ever been thirsty, my soul is thirsty. I'm beseeching God for a revival. I'm beseeching God for a demonstration. I'm beseeching God for an outpouring. I'm beseeching God for an old-fashioned, like the good brother said, an old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel Jesus in the house. Oh, I feel Jesus in the house. She can't rub us. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Praise God. It's not left necessarily up to the Lord. Because He has already paid the price for whatever you need. It's really not left up to God that we have a move of His Spirit. He wants it. He desires it. That's what He came to do. And so the fact of the matter is, it's now in our court. Now the ball's in our court. How are you going to handle what God has put in your hands? I want God to know today. I don't want you to leave and go somewhere else. I want you in my church. I want you in my city. I want you in my ministry. I want you in my home. I want you in my marriage. I want you in my life. And those that are hungry shall be filled. The hungry shall be filled. The hungry shall be filled. Oh, can somebody respond to this presence? Can somebody entertain what you feel? Why don't we stand and entertain the presence of God? We want him to stay around. We want him to show his glory. We want him to do what only he can do. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. My God, I feel a visitation. I think right now we'll all have to identify with the presence of God being in this place. But now it's left up to us. He's here right now. It's left up to us. He's in our church. He's in our church. He's in this building today. He's in this house today. How will you respond? Do you want his presence? Do you want his spirit? Do you want his power? Do you want to see his glory? Hallelujah. Oh, I believe God. I believe God is going to respond to those that are responding. I believe God's going to respond to those that are responding. God's going to respond to those that are responding. Hallelujah. Come on, in this atmosphere, a miracle could take place. In this atmosphere, somebody can receive the Holy Ghost. In this atmosphere, somebody can find answers. In this atmosphere, somebody can find what they so desperately need. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Repeating what the good elder said. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Yes! Somebody's beseeching him this morning. Somebody's beseeching him this morning. Somebody's beseeching him this morning. Somebody's beseeching God this morning. Hallelujah! Jesus! Now, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, now, son of David, have mercy on me. I don't want you to leave. Your presence is near. You're here right now. I've got a request. I've got a request. I've got a petition. I need something right now. Hallelujah. This is the kind of atmosphere where God can work his work. This is the kind of atmosphere where miracles can take place. Woo!
from the abundance of the heart from the depths of my soul help me to be like Hannah and pour out my soul pour out of my spirit opening up my mind my heart and my spirit because I know he has everything that I need yes Lord hallelujah yes God yes God yes God I didn't come to tempt you but I come to beseech you I didn't come to tempt you but I come to beseech you Knowing you still answer prayer. Knowing you still answer prayer. Hallelujah. I just feel like reaching to him right now. Jesus is passing by. Jesus is passing by. Jesus is passing by. Jesus is passing by. Don't let him pass you by. Open your mouth, your heart, your voice. Jesus has stepped off the ship, if you will, and he's coming to our midst. Jesus is making himself available. He is passing by. He is passing by. He is passing by. 